It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and the Adam Ritz Show is on campus today in Virginia at James Madison University, and we're broadcasting live with the football team. Gentlemen! All right. That is great. Oh, I like the end there, the barking at the end. Let's have that one more time. All right, all right. Yes, sir. Okay. We are uh, here to uh, award the entire team with the Caught in the Act Award. And that's when you've been caught in the act with high character, doing uh, good things off the field. We know what you can do on the field uh, with your size, your strength, your agility. But off the field, we monitor your, uh, your community service, your integrity, your character, your academics. And we bring on the show now a special guest from the JMU football team. It's Dan Brown. Hi, Dan. How are you? Good. How are you? You is, I'm fine. Thank you. You've been uh, sort of volunteered by your teammates to talk about a service project uh, that you guys uh, have done in the past. Tell me about it. Yeah, we um, we went to Stone Spring uh, Elementary School. They had a field day, and, and then there was like probably 20 or 30 of us, and we, we helped the kids do, you know, the activities, you know, hang out with them, you know, threw water balloons at us, and, you know, we just played around with them. And so you were kind of like judges and uh, judged the events or helped along with the events, uh, got them water? Well, uh, we played along with them, but then we also had to teach them how to do, you know, certain certain drills and we had directions we had to read them and then you know they let us join in with them and you threw water balloons at them no that they, they threw them at us oh <laughs> <laughs> and did, did you catch one and then rifle it right back no i just no. i just let them hit me okay they, yeah. They, yeah that wouldn't be good character if you did that would it okay so uh how do these kids react when you know you're a tall guy six four six five six five and a half six five, six, five you walk in what grade we're talking like second third fourth grade uh, i think the group that we did was like you know i think it was first through fourth fifth. okay so you walk in six five and a lot of these guys in your team are, are taller you walk in what's the first grader do when they look up just stare at you. <laughs> Their eyes get real big, and they just look at you and think you know, think you're God, and you're huge. <laughs> you are a freak of nature, and you know what? It doesn't get any better when you get into the adult world. That's how the adults are going to look at you when you get on a plane. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, thank you for uh, working with the kids and, uh, you know, that logo on your, on your chest, the James Madison University football logo on your chest. It means something in this community and it, and it inspires uh, myself and our listeners to get involved with our communities. Help out with the kids or a charity. Uh, if you don't have uh, funds or money to get involved with a charity, uh, help out with the awareness. Repost stuff on Twitter or Facebook and just uh, try to make a difference uh, off of your couch like Dan Brown does here at James Madison University. Thank you, Dan, so much. Thank you. And uh, let's have one more round of applause for all the guys here at James Madison University. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show.
More expert testimony from an administrator with an enormous amount of experience. We love bringing head coaches onto this radio program to talk about social awareness issues, and today we're blessed to have Coach Everett Withers, the head coach of James Madison University Football Division I College in uh, Virginia. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Doing well. You got a big smile on your face. Yeah. This is uh, really just a new journey for you. You've, co- you've been coaching for years. I first met you when you coached at North Carolina, the Tar Heels. Uh, you've moved on to Ohio State, and now this is your program. You're the head coach at JMU. Uh, how's it feel? Explain that smile on your face. Well, it's uh, it's been a journey. Uh, got here in, in January, but uh, the kids have grown. Boy, we've we've taken a, a bunch of kids that uh, we said we wanted to build a new culture with, and they, uh, they bought in, and we're having a lot of fun right now okay so uh, the head coach you, obviously you know a lot about football and uh, we're not ESPN we're not here to talk to you about football although I might squeeze a little uh, third down play out of you <laughs> later uh, we're here to talk about you know these social awareness issues you've got young men on your team character is an issue I know you recruit for character uh, academics is a big part of it uh, integrity making good choices uh, how do those topics I guess uh, come out of uh, your desk and your office here at the uh, athletic complex? Well, I think, first of all, Adam, you've got to have a culture in place. Uh, and, and we have some core values in our culture that, that really mean a lot to us. Uh, honesty, uh, treat women with respect, no stealing, no drugs, no weapons. That's our five core values. And, and we talk about that all the time with our players. Uh, we try to preach that to them every day. And what we talk about as far as academic, social issues, athletic issues, whatever it is, but no those are the five things that we really uh, uh, strive to, to really preach to our players. And uh, it's important when we go recruit that we go get that out of the kids that we recruit. You played college football, and uh, I don't want to give away your age, but it wasn't exactly yesterday. <laughs> I'm going to guess that um, when you played, compared to an 18-year-old freshman today, it, it's about – I mean, I know social media has changed it a lot, but it's the temptations are about the same. I mean – the women, the booze, it's the character possibility of having character issues. Have you seen a big change or is it about the same? Well, I think the the, the character issues and the social issues are, have changed in some ways, but in a lot of ways they've stayed the same. What's, what's out there now is the ability for it to be go, to go viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's important now is understanding that it doesn't take but one uh, uh, cell phone picture, uh, one tweet, one Instagram for it to be out there viral now. And that's what it is today is, is it's readily available now, whereas back then when I played it wasn't. Now, I talk about that all the time, about how uh, social media is, is actually broadcast media. It is viral. It's broadcast to the world. But the way you just said that, a light bulb just went off in my head. It almost makes your job easier to recruit character because now the guy, the bad apple, is more, he's, more tra- he's more evident. He's out there because he's doing bad stuff on the Internet, and you can see him more easily than you could 10 years ago. No, is, that, is that true? No question. We're, uh, anytime we're recruiting a young man, what our staff does is we want to find out about his Twitter, his Facebook, his Instagram. We try to, you know, try to get all behind uh, the scenes of everything that he's doing in his life. And usually a guy has a Twitter account, a Facebook account. He's on Instagram. So our coaches follow that. And uh, we can kind of tell whether we have – whether we're recruiting a guy with character or not uh, by what he puts out there, what he tweets out mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, it is easier for us now to do that with recruits, but it's also easier for us to do that with our players on our team now. We can follow their Twitter account. So, uh, you know, it, it – it sounds like invasion, but it's not. We're really trying to uh, make sure that we're 
mentoring kids and helping them grow and not make mistakes. So it, uh, it, it allows us to do some things we need to do in recruiting and in mentoring kids. Coach Withers is our guest from James Madison University, head coach of the football team, and you just mentioned mentoring kids. Uh, I love to ask coaches uh, who your mentors are. Well, I've had I've had a few. Uh, I've had, I had two high school coaches that are still pretty pretty important to me in my life. Uh, a guy named Bruce Harden, who uh, still uh, still is a high school coach in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, a guy named Rudy Abrams, uh, who was my high school coach my my uh, sophomore year in high school. Uh, two pretty big mentors. Uh, you know, those, those are guys. A guy named Mac Brown. Uh, who yeah. uh, was my uh, college coach, and I worked for him at the University of Texas. We talk a lot, and uh, he's a guy I look up to, a guy I, you know, I bounce things off the wall with a lot because I really trust him. And then obviously, uh, both of my parents are deceased, but I, without them, uh, mm-hmm. there's there's no way that I could be any close to where I am right now. So that's a little college football history for you. We knew uh, Mac Brown coached at North Carolina, right. uh, and then on to Texas. I was not aware that he coached at Appalachian State, and that's where you played college football. Mac Brown was the coach there? Mac Brown, his first head coaching job, I think Mac might have been 32 years old. Uh, his first head coaching job was at Appalachian State in 1983. And uh, I was a, a member of that football team and saw this young, bright, uh, energetic guy come in and take this job and really change the program. And uh, that's when I first started to want to be a, be a football coach. That is just amazing to, in my head, my little small brain, when you can, like with lightning speed, you can draw the flow chart and see how a young Everett Withers at age 18 in Boone, North Carolina at Appalachian State University playing for a young no-name coach named Mac Brown, three or four decades later, how that train weaved through Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, and now here you are in Virginia with your own head coaching job. That is just awesome to hear. And you know what? It's great, it's great for, for me and my, our listeners to realize you never know the relationships you make at some point in your life, how they're going to turn around and, and help you down the road. So don't be a jerk. Be a good guy like Coach Withers. No question. Uh, <laughs> treat people with respect. And I think that's uh, that's part of this whole thing. And in, in, in whatever we do, whatever profession we're in, whatever job you do, just treat people with respect because you never know who you're going to see, you know, yeah. on the way down while you're going on the way up on too. The way up. Also, that is so cool to hear. Uh, before I let you go, uh, we love to get your perspective, head coaches. You're the ultimate father. You're a father to these 85 guys on this James Madison University football team. And you've got your own kids, too. So right. we like to talk about fatherhood, how important that is uh, here in America. Um, I'm a young father, or, or I'm a young guy that doesn't have kids yet. What, what's your advice to me on uh, the topic of fatherhood? Uh, be honest. Uh, you know, teach your kids about respect, uh, about respecting elders. Uh, about respecting people in general, no matter what uh, nationality, what geographical background, whatever it is, just teaching kids about respect. Uh, I think that's really important. Uh, teaching kids how to compete uh, and how to compete in life. Uh, not just athletics, but in life, and uh, compete fairly, but compete really hard. And I think once you you teach your kids how to compete and compete fairly in life and athletics, whatever it is, then then you usually stay on the right track. So I, I really believe that. Did you uh, coach your kids? 
in any sports, or you, you were too busy, obviously, with your job as a coach. But uh, did did their co- their little league coaches like, hey, we got to get Withers over here and get some secret plays? <laughs> well, yeah, my daughter do- my daughter played soccer. I tried to stay out of soccer. I didn't know enough about it. Uh, uh, she's now at the at the University of Alabama, so uh, she's not playing soccer, but she's going to school there. My son is in at Spotswood High School here in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, and uh, I have not coached any of his teams. I've tried to stay away from it. He does not want his dad to be be his coach. <laughs> And I, you know, and I get that. I understand that, and, and I try to stay away. But I am a, a big supporter of, of whatever team he's on. All right, he's a great father. He's a great coach. He's Everett Withers. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time and for uh, hosting me on campus here. Beautiful campus. If anybody listening is trying to figure out where to send your kid or get an application, James Madison University. This place is gorgeous. We want to wish you uh, the best of luck here this season. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate your help. Thank you. Get to know Adam at AdamRich.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRichShow.com. We are joined now by Brad Koffel, uh, counselor, uh, DDS, PhD, doctor, and GD. attorney, Brad Koffel. Hi, Brad. Hi, how are you, Adam? Uh, I'm happy to be with you at the um, seminar, this conference. We're going to file this uh, interview under education because uh, you are um, really a founder, an instigator, uh, a proponent, uh, and a promoter of continuing education for attorneys, which I just learned today from meeting you uh, is mandated across the country. I didn't even know that. Tell us about continuing education for attorneys and lawyers across the country. Well, in all 50 states, lawyers have to have a certain number of hours of continuing education. Uh, and inside that, that chunk of hours, let's say it's 25 hours for every two years, inside there, there's a level of ethics, substance abuse, and professionalism. And um, if you want to keep your license, you want to keep practicing law, you want to be in business, you've got to go to the continuing education seminars. And you've been practicing law how long? 21 years. And um, so every year you have to go to class, so to speak. We keep going to class. You never stop learning. And uh, that's not just for lawyers, but all of us, none of us should stop learning. Is any of it um, curriculum-based as far as, like, learning? Is it learning new laws, like book stuff? Or is this um, feel-good stuff, like learning uh, social media and how to deal with uh, maybe marketing to a new client base? You know, somebody, some client you have in your office that was just born 15 years ago doesn't know anything about a world that you used to live in 25 years ago and vice versa. Uh, right. You know, you can uh, you can pick from a roster of topics on the CLE, and, and you can you can decide, to, I want to go learn a little something about cyberbullying. So last week there was a big cyberbullying symposium. Okay. Um, you may decide, uh, you know what, I need a refresher course on criminal law. I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I want to see what happened with the U.S. and Ohio Supreme Court last year. So you go to that seminar. Uh, this one today uh, on the holistic practice of law is getting lawyers to start thinking about themselves in a in a more um, benevolent manner and reaching out, what I say, leaning into the, their attorney-client relationship, try to make a bit of a difference in somebody's life. You don't have to save the world, but uh, you've got an opportunity to catch someone who needs caught, and you can, you can help push them down the drain, or you can help them get back up and uh, reboot what I call like a Brad Coffel 2.0. So Brad Koffel is our guest, uh, defense attorney in the Columbus, Ohio area. Um, we like to learn a lot about philanthropy and uh, community service projects coast to coast as well. And I know in corporate America, um, there's a lot of fun stories on how uh, certain organizations, including law firms, how they give back to the community. So I put you on the spot now. Uh, Brad, uh, what kind of stuff do you do here in the Columbus community to give back? Well, we are very passionate about anything with children with special needs. And we're very... Uh, um, 
active currently in trying to assemble what may be the, the country's first uh, uh, criminal defense uh, practice group helping autistic kill kids, autistic teens, autistic young adults, um, whose impulse control issues have resulted in them crossing the line and getting in trouble with the law. That is brilliant. Yeah. Well, that is such, I can't, I mean, I'm so glad I heard you say that, because that's like, that seems like there'd be such a need for that. And the perception versus reality, people would just initially hear that uh, a young person committed this crime, throw them to the wolves. I mean, they've got to be, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't know about. That's a great, that's unbelievable. Yeah, there's uh, the whole definition of autism and the autism spectrum disorders. There are, we, we're learning more and more that there very well may be environmental causes uh, in gestation, um, um, in, in utero, and that these kids are born a certain way, uh, whatever the culprit may be, but they are not criminally responsible for reaching out and grabbing a, a girl's breast. Um, you can't criminally, um, there, there, there may be some other accountability or responsibility, but criminal responsibility, and that's where we really kind of buckle down and, and, and throw the uh, air brakes on and say, you know what, time out. Um, you guys need to understand how autism spectrum disorder works, sensory integration issues, impulse control issues. And so you got to redouble your efforts as a practitioner to learn as much as you can on the bleeding edge research uh, of these, uh, these little pups so they make sure that they're treated fairly and appropriately. That is so great to hear. Uh, Brad Koffel, attorney at law, defense attorney is our guest. And uh, just quick fatherhood question for you. You have kids? I have four. And uh, we cover a lot of fatherhood issues on this program. Um, we still believe it's the most important job in America. Uh, if everybody had a strong father, a lot of our social issues would, would maybe fade away. Um, with your kids and your job, I mean, what age did they put two and two together to figure out, okay, dad's stories, making good decisions, don't get caught up in the hype, don't break the law, you're going to end up, end up like one of dad's clients. What age does that really click for a, a child of an attorney? Well, that's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Um, you know, my, I've got four kids. Uh, my oldest uh, daughter's 15 and a half, and she knows uh, that uh, by virtue of being in high school, you're automatically at high risk of substance abuse. And she knows that a condition of getting her learner's permit in two weeks is I'm going to randomly drug test her. So that, uh, what I've been saying for several years, I think she thought it was a scare tactic, but it's real. <laughs> um, okay. And um, it's not because I suspect that she's using. Yeah, it's no different than the woman who it's recommended they get a mammogram at 30 and the colonoscopy for us at 50. Yeah. Uh, you're just high risk by virtue of your age. Yeah. Uh, my 12-year-old uh, my son, um, you know, his, uh, he looked up to his, uh, his cousin, uh, who he, he really resembles, uh, who passed away from a heroin overdose last week. Oh, um, and we've been, we've been hearing about, uh, my, my family's been hearing about the heroin and opiate epidemic in Ohio for about five years. And, um, so, uh, he said, I just don't understand why anyone would, would, uh, take poison. You know, why would you take poison? Um, and, uh, and um, he, he asked me if people who are drunk and high, you know, um, what's wrong with them? I go, well, basically they're zombies. They, they, don't like to, they don't like reality, so they numb it, and they're much like zombies. My little girls, I've got twins that are uh, nine, 
Uh, all they know is that daddy can get out of a speeding ticket. <laughs> so they, think it's, they think it's pretty cool when the cop pulls me over for speeding. Uh, they chuckle. Uh, the police officer chuckles and tells me to keep it down. That is good stuff. Good fatherhood tips from Brad Koffel. Um, we thank you for joining us. I'm thank sorry to hear about your nephew. Yeah. That's a horrible story, but it sounds like if there is any good out of it, we can learn from other people's mistakes. It sounds like your son's taking that seriously. Brad, thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you, Adam. Pleasure. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. We're blessed to have Lee Lonzo as our guest today. Hi, Lee. Hi, Adam. It's great to be back with you. You're a friend of the show, and I, I'm uh, I'm so happy to have you as a resource for what we talk about concerning bullying and hazing. We touch on a lot of social issues with this radio show, and we lean on experts to provide uh, insight to these issues, and you are an expert within uh, the bullying and hazing arena. Um, you own and operate Lee Lonzo Consulting. You're also the program director for uh, the kickoff program, which is a mentoring um I guess, company entity with high school uh, seniors mentoring the incoming freshmen. So you're doing a lot of great stuff with high school students and student-athletes. Um, and we bring you back on the show to talk uh, more about bullying and hazing. Are there any hot buttons happening uh, in your world that we need to know about? Well, <clears throat> yeah, Adam, uh, it, it's that time of year. It's it's the exciting time of year. Uh, Friday nights all across the country, people are getting really excited about high school football. And if you're involved in any of the numerous fall sports, it's a really exciting time. The downside to that is that's usually when hazing on athletic teams rears its ugly head. So uh, that that's my hot spot right now. That's what we're talking about. It always seems that hazing or uh the it's a crime too i think that's uh that's one of the things kids um just don't get is hazing it's a criminal act and i think i'm pretty sure it's a felony too if you're involved with hazing well here here's the way it works adam uh 42 of the 50 states have an anti-hazing statute on the books and they're all different but here's where the kids really get messed up um if I lay my hands on you, that's either assault or battery, depending on what state you're in, and, and that does rise to a felony. So when I start grabbing kids, holding them down, doing anything that they may consider horseplay, it's not horseplay, because as soon as I put my hands on somebody else, it's a crime. That's assault. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And a lot of these stories we see, at least with the college level, I work with a lot with college athletics, I'm amazed at how many student-athletes do something criminal and mindless and stupid three days before the first game of the year. What, what is it about, you know, you mentioned it's high school football season. We're underway. It's the beginning of the season. What, is it the electricity, the excitement? Why are kids making bad decisions, especially in high school locker rooms? Well, uh, really, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Let, let's first of all verify that that is happening. While all this excitement's going on, there's been a couple of national stories that have caught the news. One is a high school in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, the week of opening night, they had to forfeit the game because of a uh, alleged hazing incident. They obviously thought it, there was enough credence to it. They just forfeited the game. There's police involved investigating it, and all of the coaches have been under uh, certain uh, disciplinary action for what they did. Wow. Takes time away from the, the the football coaches, the athletic director, the principal. This is raised all the way to the superintendent level. So that's in Memphis, Tennessee, and at the same time over in Brentwood, California, same type thing going on. They didn't forfeit the first game, but they... <clears throat> 
They played it without five of their seniors who were under investigation. Once again, the police are involved. So it is happening right now. Now, here's what I think is the answer to your question. It's not the excitement. One of the things that characterizes hazing is it's an initiation. It's you have to do this to earn your stripes, to be, okay. be one of us. So every time you start a new season, that's typically when you see it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have it in the middle of a season because I've certainly had to deal with it. But uh, typically, it's right at the beginning of the season. Okay, we've, we've made it through two-a-days. We're getting ready for the first game. Oh, wait a second. Th- those freshmen haven't quite earned their stripes yet. We're going to do something to them. And that's why you see it this time of year. Lee Lonzo is our guest, a hazing expert. We're talking about hazing, uh, especially at the high school level with high school, uh, the fall sports season now underway. Uh, and it's, it happens. I mean, people want to, I guess, turn their, their head to look the other way. But it's happening, probably happening at, at your high school. Uh, what can, I guess, the parents and the teachers do about this to forward think before something tragic happens? Sure. Well, well, first of all, let's talk about whether or not it really is happening at your school. And the chances are yes. I know a lot of parents and coaches and athletic directors want to think it's not happening. But there's been a couple of studies recently. I think last time I was with you, I talked about the Alford study that said 48% of all kids who were involved in high school activities were hazed. It was repeated that I recently found in a 2009 study by the University of Maine, same thing, 47% statistically insignificant. So it is happening. I mean, kids are getting hazed. Uh, just because it hasn't happened at your high school yet or it hasn't come out at your high school yet probably means you have it. Uh, but what can they do? Well, there's a lot of great things, and maybe we can talk about this in future episodes. But uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is... Making coaches aware that they're sometimes adding to the problem. And here's what I mean. Most coaches want to make it special for the seniors. They need senior leadership. And sometimes they give away privileges to the seniors and they become kind of entitlements. You haven't really earned it. And I don't spend enough time saying with this privilege comes responsibility. So you get some some kind of hang-on seniors who haven't really added that much to the program, but now they're seniors, now they think they can. They are entitled, and they decide they're going to take it out on the freshmen. Well, as a coach, as an athletic director, you got to make it really clear you're going to have privileges, but one of the biggest responsibilities you have is to bring this team together, not divide it, and certainly not do anything that's going to detract from what we're all about and what we believe in. Senior leadership is, um, is something that uh, every high school student athlete looks forward to being a part of. So the coaches need to know about this with their senior class and the leadership. What do the seniors need to know about this? Well, uh, that's really interesting, Adam, because that, that's what I'm spending a lot of time doing right now. I, I'm working with high schools. They bring to be, together senior leaders, senior captains, and oftentimes it's a captain's council. And and we have a great time. That's one of the things you have to realize. This is not a negative topic. This is a very positive topic where we can talk about leadership skills. We can talk about the things that they need to do. We can talk about the values that they cherish. And in a lot of cases, I'm going in and I'm saying, okay, I know there's some negative things out there that are associated with 
this initiation, how can we replace them with something that's positive, something that reflects the values of what you're all about? Some of the most uh, <clears throat> ingenious have been, let's do some community service. Let's bring the team together as a group. Let's go out and, 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 and go to the senior nursing home. Or let's, uh, let's help kids out at Riley Children's Hospital. Let's bring ourselves together with something that we can be proud of instead of something that we're going to have to hide because it's really a distraction to what we, we're all about. Lee Lonzo is our guest, national expert in hazing, works with high school student-athletes. Before I let you go, I wanted to bring up a story that, um, that I follow from, from some of the arenas I work with from a high school student-athlete perspective. And anybody listening to this, especially if you have a son or daughter in high school, please go Google Tony Farmer. Tony Farmer, it, I, sh I was going to say was or is, I, I, I guess I should say was, was a top 100 high school basketball recruit out of Ohio, um, getting ready to start his senior year, recruited by Michigan State, Illinois, big, huge Division One colleges. This guy's six foot seven. He's got his life in front of him, and it's going to be a beautiful life when he goes. You get a Division One scholarship to Michigan State that's been to 17 Final Fours in the last six weeks. <laughs> he was just convicted of domestic violence after beating up his girlfriend and sentenced to three years in prison. And this video of him in court getting sentenced to three years in prison, he can't believe it. He still doesn't accept responsibility, no accountability. He, his knees buckle, he collapses in court. And this seven, eight, he's 18, this 18 year old man has now not only victimized a woman by beating her, but has uh, altered the, the remaining 80 years of his life in such an adverse, negative way. It is an unbelievable story and video, and every single high school student-athlete needs to Google Tony Farmer and watch this video and read the story about how his decisions have affected so many lives. So please, I encourage you to look that up too, Lee. I, I will definitely do that. I've heard about that case, and unfortunately you see him and hear about him all across the country. I think we're really doing a disservice to, to our athletes athletes, particularly our standout athletes, to, to give them the, this feeling that they are entitled, that they can do no wrong, uh, and it's a disservice to them and their schools and society in general. So great suggestion. I'll go home and look that up, and I hope your listeners do too. Lee Lonzo on Twitter is? At Lee Lonzo. Pretty oh, simple. Just that easy. At Lee Lonzo, and it's L-O-N-Z-O. -O. That's correct. No A in front of it. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to bringing you back as our hazing expert on uh, the Adam Rich Show on future episodes. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, and I can't wait to be back. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.